0: Hi, I'm Bob Ekblad. Welcome to my podcast, Disciple, Word, Spirit, Justice, Witness. I want to talk about an interesting word in the Greek New Testament. That's the word anakoreo, which means to withdraw. Or it can be also translated to retire, to go off, to go away, um, to move away from a location. And it's used in lots of different scriptures. Um, in the New Testament. Um, the first one is actually Matthew 2.12, and it's uh, it's when the Magi are warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod. Maybe you remember the story of how the Magi came from the east, and they saw the star, and they went to Herod, and they asked him, um, where is the, you know, the king of the Jews? Because we've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him, and And so Herod um, is threatened by that. And he says, oh, Um, first he goes and calls the Pharisees and the scribes and everybody and, you know, the theologians. And he finds out that it's in Bethlehem. And um, then he says, well, um, after you've found where he is, come and tell me so that I too can go and and worship him. And of course, he's got a plan to uh, do away with him. And so an angel or God uh, warns these magi in a dream not to return to Herod, and um, so they're described as as leaving or withdrawing uh, for their own country by another way. And and so that's the first time this term is used, and it's used over and over again in situations, um, you know, where God is warning people that they need to withdraw from a situation of of, of harm, of danger. And I believe that this is something we need to learn about, we need to learn how to tune in to the times when we're called to withdraw, when we're called to move away from a situation of conflict and to focus on other things that are, you know, that are more important. The second occurrence is in the next verse, Matthew 2, 13. Now, when they had gone, when they'd withdrawn, that is the Magi, behold, an angel of the Lord <clears throat> appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So the Magi's obedience um, also um, triggers this um, other move, where the angel of the Lord, in this case, is appearing to Joseph and telling him, "Look, you need to you need to get out of town with the with the child and his mother and flee." And fleeing um, was essential. And here Joseph models uh, a kind of fathering, um, you know, kind of caretaking that I think involves protection and protection is something that we need to learn about. We need to learn how to tune into God's warnings about, you know, when it's time to get out of a a conflict zone, out of a, you know, a troublesome situation, out of a a moment of temptation, whatever it is. So Matthew 2.14, so Joseph got up, took the child and his mother while it was still night and left, withdrew. He went to Egypt, and then um, in Matthew two twenty two, once again Joseph, um, when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned by God in a dream, he withdrew for the regions of Galilee, and that's how he ends up, you know, in back in Nazareth, and where jo- where Jesus was raised. And, um, and so that's sort of our background to the text where now we're going to see Jesus. Jesus features in, in the rest of these scriptures. So, um, Matthew four twelve. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee. And um, it's really interesting to look at this text um, because Jesus um, actually could have stepped up to the plate in some kind of activist way and gone and demanded that Herod release um, his cousin, John. And I think that's a tendency for a lot of us to feel like in the name of justice, in the name of human rights, you know, we've got to be militant. We've got to defend people. And in many cases, that is something that is called for, and we need to be attentive to that. And there are many cases in scripture where you know where God sends people as advocates like Moses who goes and before Pharaoh repeatedly and says you know let my people go that they may worship me and we have you know confrontations like that and but in this case Jesus knows who he's up against he's up against the powers and he's vulnerable and but his withdrawal to Galilee is not um not something that is a withdrawal from action it's uh it's really a withdrawal in order to be about the works of the kingdom. And, um, and let's just look at what happens after he withdraws as an example of this. So withdrawal doesn't mean just um, moving away from action into sort of a passive posture of inaction. You know, for Jesus, withdrawal from, you know, from one sort of confrontational activism is actually uh, is what permits him to actually go and do the work that he's really called to do, the kingdom work. And I think right now we're living in a time where we need to learn from Jesus about this because there are so many distractions. There are so many social justice issues. There are so many, um, you know, right now in the United States, we're moving towards, um, you know, these midterm elections that are just super divisive. You know, Republicans, Democrats are, are just at each other's throats. And um, Christians, we're often divided between, you know, our allegiances and our our politics, our ideologies, and you know, um, and so what is the work of the kingdom that we're called to engage in? You know, I mean, what um, when we come into situations of conflict, when we come before uh, you know dangerous situations, even you know, are we to courageously move forward and uh, you know, and use our our time and our resources and put ourselves at risks? Possibly, um, sometimes we are. But that's a matter of discernment. And so let's see what Jesus did instead of, um, you know, going and combating the unjust arrest of his, of his, uh, of his cousin, John the Baptist. Okay, so Jesus, um, right away, what he does is he goes to the Sea of Galilee, okay? And he sees these fishermen, right, that are casting their nets into the sea. And so he, right away, is recruiting these guys you know, he, he calls them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of people. And immediately they leave their nets and they follow him. And then, so he's got his first two disciples, you know, Simon and Andrew, Simon, Peter and Andrew. And then right afterwards he gets uh, the two brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, son of Zebedee and John, his brother. And then right away they, they're going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics. And he healed them, and large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, and Jerusalem, and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. So we have Jesus engaged fully in the ministry of pronouncing the kingdom of God, you know, with the signs that follow of healing and, and deliverance. And, And then right after that, he sees the crowd. He goes up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples come to him and and he teaches them. And we have, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And and then Jesus is just on to a fast clip. The next time we see Jesus retreating is Matthew 12, verse 15. And so in this case, let's see what happens. Matthew 12, um, verse 15. You know, we have, um, Jesus is, cons- he's, the, he's just healed a man who was, um, who had a withered hand on the Sabbath, and he is uh, being confronted um, because the disciple, I mean, the Pharisees are, are asking Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they're doing that specifically to entrap him so that they can accuse him, you know, of breaking the, you know, the Mosaic law. And Jesus confronts them um, with a question. What man is there among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, won't take hold of it and lift it out. How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he says to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and it was restored to normal like the other. And the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. Okay, so Jesus is in... um, danger right now because the religious leaders are you know they've they went out and they're conspiring as to how they're going to kill him and and so in verse 15 Jesus aware of this withdrew from there and um, but once again we see that when he withdraws it's it's to engage even more fully in his mission. It's not to hide out or to um, be passive or inactive. It says many followed him and he healed them all. Wow. Okay, so Jesus knows what his priorities are, and um, you know, rather than getting into a fight, rather than um, you know trying to overthrow the Pharisees and and exercise some kind of power response to the power that up uh, there conspiring, um, you know, Jesus refuses power, and he goes in the direction of you know caring for the people. He withdraws and he heals everyone who follows him, and check it out in verse 16. He warns them not to tell who he was. And um, and so Jesus really goes sort of underground, covert, and he wants to, you know, um, really be about his movement, um, extending his movement everywhere. And here's where we have the servant poem of Isaiah 42 cited. Um, almost in full, at least the first few verses. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles, you know, to the non-Jews, the nations. He will not quarrel nor cry out. Um, And it's interesting, that is not um, a direct, you know, like citation from the Septuagint. And and it's not even... um, what this what the Hebrew Bible says, this is Matthew's own special translation of of this text, and he's emphasizing not quarrelling, you know, or um you know, just being militant, I guess in in terms of a you know a public outcry. nor will he nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. okay, so it's not about um just this super public um you know outspokenness. Um, It says, a battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out. In other words, he's not going to, he's going to be really gentle with, uh, you know, with lights that are flickering and reeds that are already uh, beaten. That's kind of a metaphor for someone who's oppressed or just downtrodden. Um, So he's not going to, a battered reed he won't break, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, the the Gentiles, the non-Jews, will hope. And then right after that, a demon-possessed man, is, who's b- blind and mute, was brought to Jesus. And he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw, and all the crowds were amazed. And, and this just keeps going. There's this momentum of Jesus' um, engaging in his alternate um, reign, the reign of God on earth as it is in heaven. So he withdraws from some of the fights, you know, trying to maybe reform or combat the religious leaders. Uh, I wonder what that would look like today. you know, we look at the church and there's so much division and it's tempting to think that you know we can you know we can counter that division by exposing um, the bad theology or the bad politics and um, and we can put a lot of energy into 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 just really trying to make sure that, People know that we don't stand, um, you know, for what they stand for, the other side. And and really what we see Jesus doing here is withdrawing from any kind of power place and just being about, um, you know, his priorities, which involve, you know, like getting out there and and just getting the message out. The next time that we see Jesus withdrawing is Matthew 14, verse 13. Now, when Jesus heard about John... That is his beheading, and that's described um, in the verses prior to that. So John's his cousin has been executed. He withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And and perhaps this was you know really because there was danger, and and also, or or perhaps even more because he was he was grieving, and he and he he just needed some solitude, but when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And, um, and then this is, this is when Jesus, um, his heart goes out to the people. And let's just look at what happens in chapter 14. This is just such a powerful text. It's like another example of Jesus's withdrawal being for the purpose of, you know, really expanding the kingdom. So, um, he sees a large crowd and, um, The disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away, that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So in other words, no, they're not going to, don't tell them to withdraw. You know, we're moving forward. And so they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, "Um, Bring them here to me. And ordering the people to sit down on the grass He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. There were about 5,000 men who ate, besides women and children. You know, and then um, Jesus, um, you know, he sends the disciples away, and he goes up on the mountain by himself to pray. And, and it's then that he comes walking on the water to the disciples, right? And so we have that beautiful story. Now, the next time that Jesus withdraws is Matthew 15, 21. And uh, there's only a few more of these, so, so bear with me. In Matthew 15, 21, um, Jesus has, you know, has just been teaching and dealing with the Pharisees and... Um, you know, he's critiquing the Pharisees who um, come to him and say, Why do the disciples, um, you know, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. And, um, and then Jesus confronts them. So it's not like he's not ever confronting. And, you know, he goes into this whole thing where he actually exposes them for um, annulling and, or ignoring the commandments of God for the sake of their traditions. And, um, and he calls them hypocrites. And then he says, rightly did Isaiah prophesy, prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away. For in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the precepts of people. And Jesus goes on um, you know, to confront, um, you know, to say more about the Pharisees. And, and the disciples say, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? and um, And then Jesus says some more strong words about the Pharisees and and then um, and then after all of that, he went away in verse twenty one he withdraws from that place, you know where he's had all these difficult confrontation confrontations and given a really hard teaching. And he goes into the district of Tyre and Sidon, you know, which is over on um, you know sort of north in. The northwestern um, corner of of what's now the land of Israel, and so Tyre and Sidon would be in Lebanon, and so he actually leaves the country at that point. and uh, And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, "Have mercy upon me, Lord, son of David. My daughter's cruelly demon possessed." And we have this this compl- complicated, difficult um, text where, in the end, Jesus ends up relenting, and 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 the daughter is healed at once and then um departing from there jesus goes along the sea of galilee and um the large large crowds came to him bringing with them those who were lame crippled blind mute and many others and they laid them down at his feet and he healed them so that the crowds marveled and this when they saw the mute speaking the crippled restored the lame walking the blind seeing and they glorified the god of israel and then right after that the four thousand fed so That's, to me, just remarkable to see that Jesus's withdrawing is, you know, for the sake of just a deeper engagement in his priorities, you know, which are really announcing the good news of liberation and enacting that good news with, you know, with acts of compassion and healing and And freeing people from spiritual powers. Um, There's two more scriptures that I want us to look at. Mark 3, verse 7. And um, the one time where we have this this word in Mark. And it's um, in alignment with everything we've looked at. Mark 3, verse 7 says. um, Right before that we have, um, once again, the Pharisees are coming to him in the synagogue and they say is it lawful to um you know they want to know they're watching him to see if he would heal this man on the sabbath you know a man with a with a withered hand and he heals the man and um but first he asks them is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the sabbath to save a life or to kill and they and they're silent and looking around at them with anger grieved at their hardness of heart he said to the man stretch out your hand And he stretched it out, and just like in the Matthew text, the Pharisees go out and immediately begin conspiring with the Herodians, the very people that had killed John the Baptist, as to how they might destroy him. And Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard of all that he was doing, and came to him, and he told his disciples that a boat should stand ready and um, you know, for him because of the crowd, and so that they would not crowd him. For he had healed many with the result that all those who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they'd fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he earnestly warned them to tell no one. And then right after that, he t- chooses the twelve disciples. And then he goes into all of his teaching. Um, the final text of the New Testament is John chapter 6, verse 15. This is a little bit different, but also similar. And um, John 6 talks about, um, you know, after Jesus multiplied the loves and fed the 5,000 in John's account, um, it says, uh, Jesus perceived that they were tending to come and to take him by force to make him king. Okay, so at that point, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. And um, and so Jesus, we see Jesus then withdrawing from situations um, of power, you know, where people want to, to give him power. In this case, political power, make him king. Um, in other cases, you know, we saw that it was... Uh, you know po- confrontations with you know with the powerful um, that maybe we're getting out of hand and and Jesus refuses them and um, anyway I just uh, found myself really inspired by this because I just the the times we live in are there's so much conflict there's so much division there's so much um, that is polarizing us and um, and distracting us and do we know when it's time for us to you know, to step into a a combat mode, you know, where we're confronting a situation of injustice. Um, You know, how do we know when it's God who's really calling us to engage, you know, with, um, you know, with with a theology that we see as really harmful or, you know, or an unjust practice, you know, or just a social justice issue? How do we know when we're to, you know, we're to confront something? And how do we know when we're, we're to withdraw from that and to pursue another priority? You know that would be the priority that the Holy Spirit is is revealing to us. Um, I want I want to learn how to discern um, and be about withdrawing in 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 the appropriate way, not as a way to be conflict avoidant, not as a way to be to refuse. Um, you know, to persecution that maybe maybe is part of what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, he often was withdrawing because of the persecution um, that came when he confronted um, the powers. And so there's clearly a place for that. You know, I mean, he just right in the face of the religious authorities, he broke the rules. and um, And that led them to want to kill him. And eventually they did. And in the end, he didn't withdraw. And Gethsemane was really all about that, wasn't it? It was um, Jesus in the garden asking, Lord, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And, you know, and and so in the end, Jesus um, allowed himself to be arrested, to be, um, you know, to be accused, to be tried, to be condemned, to be executed on the cross. and And that's how, you know, he... He won. That's how victory came. is through, is through defeat. Is through being, you know, being killed, letting himself be killed. You know, he won by losing, and and so um, clearly he didn't withdraw from the will of God, and from his own agreement with that will, to um, as the as the means to, you know, to really achieve victory over death and victory over, over the powers and over evil and um praise God for his um his way and for him and for what he's done for all of us and let's pray so Jesus thank you for your example here and thank you also that we see people like Joseph and even before them the magi withdrawing and um, refusing to cooperate with the powers or to or to be entrapped and to be caught and um thank you Jesus for you know for Joseph who listened to the the angel of the Lord and who paid attention to the dreams that you gave him and you know he pulled Jesus and Mary out of trouble and he and he guided them back to a secure place where um where Jesus was able to grow up and um and come into his own and into his mission and thank you Jesus for just your example of of really being about the real priorities of the kingdom of god we ask for the presence of the holy spirit to be strongly with us guiding us and giving us the true discernment of what our priorities should be we pray that you teach us how to withdraw um, when the time is right for the purposes of fruitfulness in jesus name we pray amen